1: Well, good morning, church. Guys, I am excited about this. This series we've been in called Making Progress. Making Progress. I'm curious, how many of you have some area in your life that this year you want to make progress in, right? Yeah, we all do. We all do. As we've been in this series, there's a phrase that um, keeps coming to my mind. I keep feeling like God has been leading me to an an encouragement for you, but to be honest, uh, I don't like this phrase. Um, it's a frustrating phrase. I don't, I don't like hearing it. I don't like it when other people say it to me. I, I didn't like hearing it when the IT guy was in my office working on my computer and he said it to me. I didn't like hearing it when I dropped my truck off at the shop and they said this to me. I certainly don't like hearing it But when my wife and my daughters are getting ready before we go somewhere and they say this to me. The phrase is, this may take a while. <laughs> This may take a while. I don't like this phrase. I don't. In fact, it's probably not what you want to hear, but as we've been in this series on making progress, I feel like it's something that is necessary for us to look at is the fact that when it comes to us making progress and making change in our life, it may take a while. I don't like hearing it when people tell me this, especially when it comes to uh, other specific areas of my life. When it comes to my uh, my physical health, I didn't like it when when the physical trainer told me he said, "You want to lose how much weight?" Well, this may take a while. You know, I didn't like that. Uh, I didn't like it when I realized that that when it comes to finding emotional health and healing and in making changes in my life, that this may take a while. But the truth is, as frustrating as that statement can be, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that people will be honest with me and tell me when it will take a while. I'm thankful for the time when I got in a car accident and I had to drop my truck off at the body shop and I was expecting them to have it back to me in just a couple days. I'm thankful that the guy said this may take a while because I might have lost my mind over the next two months waiting for it otherwise. And, And really... Uh, It's a phrase that I, every week, wish I could encourage people in this room with. When I see a new believer go through a baptism service and they're making changes in their life and they want to see changes and they want to see growth, I, I want to tell them, listen, this may take a while. And it's it's something I want to share with newlywed couples as they're trying to grow intimacy in their relationship and they're trying to learn how to live with one another. I want to tell them, listen, th- this may take a while. You you want to understand a woman, this may take a while. <laughs> it's something I want to encourage people with when they come and they say, you know what, I, I've been sober for three days now, I want to be clean now, and, and, and they're on the road to recovery, I, I want to tell them this may take a while, not to be discouraging, but to be encouraging because this journey that we are on sometimes takes a while. Now don't get me wrong, I say this because we're in a church right now, Fellowship Church is a place where God changes people. We see lives changed here all the time. You realize God has called you here because he wants to do a work in your life. He wants to move you forward. He wants to help you with your goals and your dreams and your visions. He wants to plant things in you, to grow in you. There is change that happens here. And and really what's interesting about this is that we can get confused sometimes because a lot of the work that God will do in our lives is immediate. Okay, It happens in an instant. When you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins, immediately he forgives you of those sins. When you put your faith in Jesus and you believe he died on the cross for you, immediately your destination has changed eternally from hell to heaven. There's immediate change that happens. When you are in a place like this and you're worshiping God, immediately God can de- deposit hope into you, encourage into you, and strengthen you, and vision into you. But many times to see that hope come to fruition, to see that vision come to fruition, it may take a while. It takes a little while. So really it's not a statement to be negative by any means, but it's something I want to encourage you with because if you in your walk with God and your relationship with God wanting to make progress and wanting to make change have a point of view where where you're under the impression that you believe that change happens immediately, then you could be very disappointed and very discouraged. And God doesn't want us to walk through life confused and discouraged. But the problem with this statement that this may take a while is no one really knows how long a while is, right? How long is a while? I mean, you go to the car wash and they say this may take a while, that might be 45 minutes. If you're calling your doctor and they said this might take a while, that could be weeks, it could be months before you could get in to see him. If I say this sermon might take a while, no one knows how long that could be, Right? So what I want you to do is turn to the person next to you, give them a gentle nudge and tell them, take a deep breath because this may take a while. And I'm not talking about my sermon. Come on. All right. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we acknowledge you and we are so thankful for your presence. We're so thankful for Jesus, everything you do for us. And right now, God, I ask that you get me out of the way and that, um, that I wouldn't be a distraction, but instead you'd use me as a mouthpiece for the encouragement that you want to speak into each of us. Empower us today, God. I pray that you impart faithfulness and courage and strength and consistency into us today, God. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus was talking to a group of people in John chapter 8, and he began speaking about a principle of following him in life that goes right along with this idea of this may take a while. And this is what the Bible says. It's so interesting because verse 31 of John 8 says, Jesus said to the people who believe in him, okay, we are the people that believe in him. So this is right now for you and I, Jesus spoke this, he spoke it years ago for you and I in this room right now, he said, Jesus said to the people who believe in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We all have areas of our life that we want to be set free in, right? Right? If we were honest, I mean, there are people in this room, we'd, we'd say there's some addictions I want to be set free from. There's some thought processes and some habits that I want to be set free from. There's some patterns that I have that are, that are causing me anxiety and fear and depression. I want to be set free from those. There's some patterns in my marriage that are hurting me. I want to be set free from those things. So this is a verse that a lot of people have grabbed onto. We, we love it because we say, you know what, I want to be set free, but This is also one of those verses that a lot of people, we take this verse because we love this verse and it's one of the ones that we will grab just a little portion of it and we will recite it to ourselves over and over and over again to encourage ourselves. But just like any principle, we can't take just a portion of it, we have to look at the entire thing that Jesus said. See, there are different principles we just understand in life. We've learned physically that that if you want to be strong, there is a principle that with good diet and good exercise, you can become physically strong. Okay, That's a principle that every one of us would understand and agree with in this room. Now, what if we were to just say, you know what, I like the second part of that. So I'm just going to hold on to that. I will become physically strong. And I would re- recite it to myself all the time. I'm going to become physically strong. And I'm, I'm sitting in Buffalo Wild Wings, eating as much as I want. And people come, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be good looking. I'm going to be sexy, right? And like, what are you talking, how are you going to be strong? Because I, I heard that I could be strong. Like, no, 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 no. The whole principle, you got to take the whole thing. That's the result, of the statement before is that the statement before, if you want to be physically strong, you have to first have good diet and good exercise. Okay, so many Christians, we do this with different verses that we we think they're fun. We want to put this verse on Instagram. This is one of the ones, okay? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. People put that in on Instagram. We tweet it out. We, We write it on our walls. We try to encourage ourselves because we're like, I want to be free, so I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth because then I will be free. I won't have any more problems anymore. The problem with that is that the truth has never set anyone free. Let me, let me explain what I mean by that. The, the truth hasn't set anyone free because every one of us know the truth about diet and exercise, right? You know how to get healthy, but you're still sitting on the couch eating Twinkies as you watch TV at night, Right? We know the truth about how to handle our finances, but we still have credit card debt, and we still keep making decisions that we scratch our heads about later. I mean, we understand the truth, and And the problem with this is we keep thinking, you know what, if if the truth will set me free, then what I need is I need more truth. I just need more education. If I can just read more, then I won't have problems anymore. If I can just hear another sermon, then I'll be fine. If I just get another podcast, if I'll take another class, if I can just get in with that specific counselor and have one more time to meet with him and I get more information from him, then I'll be set free from my problem. But the, the truth is that's an end result of the first part of what Jesus says. It's kind of hard to swallow because if we slow down and we look at what Jesus says in the full statement here and not just take the second half of it, then we can recognize that the, the truth will set you free is the end result of him saying this, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the way to gain freedom is to remain faithful to the truth that you know. I want you to, don't miss this. If you've got to write this down and put it in your phone. The way to, to have breakthrough, the way to receive the breakthrough that you're looking for in your life to gain freedom is to remain faithful to the truth that you know. So it's staying faithful is that's the key to your breakthrough. For many in this room, it's not that you're doing, uh, not doing the right thing. Maybe it's that you're doing the right thing, but you're just not doing it long enough. Okay, I, I got... I got chastised by my doctor. I got, I got rebuked by my doctor a couple years ago because I came in and I had a sinus infection. So she wrote me a prescription for an antibiotic. I took the antibiotic for like three days, started feeling great, threw the antibiotics in the trash. <laughs> Many of you have made the same mistake. You know where this is going. A week later, I was a lot more sick than I was before, when I saw her the first time, I came back into her doctor's office, and she said, you should still be on your antibiotics. And I said, well, I, I felt better, so I got rid of them. And she said, what are you talking, who told you to stop? Like, you were doing the right thing, and it was getting better, right? You felt yourself getting better, like, yeah, I was getting better. She goes, then why did you stop? I don't know. She had to give me stronger medicine to take care of the problem that I was already getting better with in the first place. And there's so many of us that we, get, we struggle in life. And we get so frustrated because we're doing the right thing. And as soon as we start to feel better, we go back to the old lifestyle. We go back to the old patterns. It's like, I'm not going to do it this way anymore. It makes me feel miserable. I feel guilty. I feel ashamed. I'm going to get rid of this. So we start a different way. We start doing things the way Jesus asks us to do them. And we start feeling better. I'm like, I feel better now. And we go right back. It's roller coaster Christianity. I'm on right now because I've been struggling and I want to climb right now. But then, then as soon as I start feeling like, yeah, I'm getting up to the higher level, then I'm just going to drop it and slide down again. I wonder how many of us in this room that, that we, we're starting on the right thing, but we're just not staying faithful to that. And what Jesus is saying, he's saying, you are truly my disciples if, if you remain faithful to the truth that you know. That you take my teachings and, and you, you do those things. Because all of us, we, we know the things that he wants us to do, but I wonder, are we staying consistent? Consistency, church, is the key to breakthrough consistency is the key to breakthrough. We started this series off with you guys seeing me running on a treadmill up here a couple of weeks ago. And, and the whole point of that was the fact that our walk with God is that we consistently put one foot in front of another. We take the next step and the next step and the next step. And that this walk with him, it's like a race where we're continuing forward. The idea of it is that we take another step and we take another step and we take another step. And I'll tell you, guys, what if our church stayed consistent to what God said for us to do? What if our church, what would it look like in your family if we stayed consistent to the principles that Jesus tells us to? What would it look like in our workplace, and our community? How would it change our city if you and I took the truth that we know, and not just on Sunday... But on every day of the week, we, we decide, you know what, I am going to do what he says to do, even if it doesn't feel comfortable, even if it feels awkward. I want what he wants me to have. I want to have that breakthrough, so i got to remain faithful. Because the truth is, you can come to church on a Sunday, and you can worship God, and you can be boisterous with your praise, and you can show that everyone in this room how much you love God, but it, you can also leave here on a Monday morning, wake up and act like you don't even know who he is. And that's why Jesus gives us such a warning here, and, and he uses these words, remain faithful. It's like you've got, you got to remain faithful to the truth that you know. See, the, the, the teachings of God, why they're so important, they have to become a part of our life. we got to let them be our life before they're going to have effect on us. An example of this that you would all understand from my life personally is if if you were to go to my house, you could go down into my basement And in my basement, I got a file cabinet that's got a TV on top of it and a DVD player. And if you were to open that file cabinet, you would see that down there in the file cabinet is a stack of DVDs. And if you were to pick up one of the DVDs and get a towel and wipe off the layers of dust that are on top of it, it would reveal the fact that there's a workout video there called P90X. It was a gift from my wife. (laughs) First off, don't ever buy your spouse a workout video. It's very demotivating. <laughs> but I, here's the truth. I agree with P90X. I even I sat down and watched one of those videos one time. <laughs> so, there is good truth in there. There's good information in there. I worked up a sweat eating those Cheetos while I was watching that. I'll tell you. The thing is, it's not that I disagree with the truth in there. In fact, I own it. It's in my house. I agree with it. I, I agree with the principles of it. But I've never allowed it to become a part of my life. Therefore, I've never had the results that come of it being a part of my life. Here's the thing. We can't say... Okay, I, I want the results of what God's plan is for my life. I agree with it. It's awesome. But then we just decide, well, I, I don't know. I, I tried it once. I don't really want it. That's kind of hard work. It feels awkward, and we just decide not to do it anymore. The Bible says in, in James chapter 2 that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. We, we've got to realize that, that God's word will help us and guide us, and he's given us these principles so that you and I can have a better life. That's why, guys, we've got to consistently get his word in us. i, I got to tell you, I'm a faith guy. I believe every word in this book. I believe it to be true from, from the beginning of the end, from, from Genesis to the maps. I'm telling you, I believe this book. And see, it's, it's God's principle. So like, oh, the maps. I get it. Okay. <laughs> it, it's God's principles for our life where we're saying, listen, I know how I created you. I want you to have the best life possible. I want you to have life and life to the fullest. That's John 10.10. 10. He's saying, so I've given you this stuff. And if you remain faithful to this, then, then you're going to start to see changes. There's going to be breakthrough. It, it, it's not just about like hearing something and go, yeah, that's good. But we actually put it to practice. I know so many of you love Joyce Myers. I do too. The woman has a great book called Power Thoughts. In her book, Power Thoughts, she talks about the fact that a habit takes over 30 days to begin to create. So if you were to get up and do something 30 days in a row, it's not till the 31st day before your mind actually expects that you're going to do it again. Whether that be working out, getting up and reading your Bible, or whatever. So there's a principle in there she's talking about that as we begin building good habits, we have to deal with the fact that there is a period of awkwardness that we go through. That, That anytime you're doing something new, it feels very awkward at first because it's not a habit yet. In fact, I've seen this with my kids. I can remember as they started in dance classes a couple of years back, um, there, there were moves that they were learning that they were frustrated with. And you can see they're, they're in the back of the class. They're really concentrating and they're struggling with it. And it was awkward to them. And, and they, they were struggling, but they... They stuck it out, and now, a couple years later, they're doing the same moves, and they're not even thinking about it anymore. They're thinking about other stuff. They're in the back of class talking and giggling and all that, and they can do it now because what was once awkward to them now has become so incredibly natural. Now, I understand this from being an archery hunter. It's like when I first learned how to shoot a bow, it was weird. It was different than anything I've done before. And it took a long time of consistency before I began gaining the muscle memory and and started learning how to shoot to where now it's second nature. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He says, you are my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. So these things that we remain faithful and consistent to. there, There are people in this room, you would agree with me and recognize, that some of the stuff of following Jesus when you do it at first, it's awkward. No, naturally, none of us feel normal forgiving other people. It's awkward to meet your spouse's needs. It's awkward to put other people first. It's awkward to to get up and schedule your time out where you're giving time to God. It's awkward to take your finances and use it the way God wants to as opposed to the way our, our... Culture wants us to. It's awkward to do that. But so many of you in this room, you know exactly what it feels like that now you've done this for so long that these things that you thought, I'll never be able to do this, I'll never be able to get this figured out, you're like, I'm just doing it naturally now because I'm just following Jesus. He just said to do it, so I'm doing it. Now I'm seeing all these different results start happening in my life. Guys, I want to tell you, I'm telling you this today. For, for those of you that are struggling with being consistent and being faithful, I'm telling you this today not to discourage you but to encourage you because you need to understand that your trouble has an expiration date. You, the struggles you've been dealing with, the addictions you've been dealing with, the, the patterns you, where you've been going around and around and around, that has an expiration date. Jesus came to give us freedom and to give us life, and he tells us how. He says it's simple. I'm going to give you my commands, and then as you follow me, as you do life my way, if you stay, remain faithful to that, the truth is going to be revealed to you, and you are going to be set free from these things that you've been stuck with and struggling over and over and over again every year. I know there are people, you're hearing this right now, and you're frustrated because you're like, I'm in the same place I was every January for the last 10 years. The same place where I said, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to be in the same place financially. I'm not going to struggle with these sins anymore. I'm not going to be in this pattern, and yet here I am again. Because I keep saying, yeah, I want to be faithful. I want to be consistent. But I I keep going out and doing the very opposite thing that I wanted to do in the first place. So we go back to knowledge. Knowledge. We go back to thinking, you know, if I could just, I just need to learn more. I just need to hear another sermon. I just need another counseling point. Now, am I saying there's anything wrong with gaining knowledge? No, we're, we're supposed to. In fact, we're warned in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed from their lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. We're being warned here that the enemy will actually use those things that we aren't educated in to try to destroy us to try to hurt us, to try to bring us down. That's why we got to be in his word, knowing what principles God wants us to learn. But, but we can't swing the pendulum back to saying, well, well since I'm struggling, then I'm, I'm just going to go into a place where if I can gain enough knowledge, then I'm going to make it. No, he's saying, no, no. It's all about remaining faithful and remaining consistent to the truth that you already know. You don't have to know it all, but what truth do you know? What is Jesus telling you right now that you know? Maybe he wants you to serve. Maybe he wants you to forgive someone. Maybe he wants you to meet your spouse's needs. What is it right now that you can remain faithful to in this time? And and we just got to be consistent in it. It's not always easy. I don't like getting up every day and working out. I I hate getting up in the morning and running. But let me tell you, if I don't want to look five months pregnant, I know I have to stay consistent. You feel my pain? You're in the same spot. You know, we, we've established that, that breakthrough comes from faithfulness to God's Word. And, and this is really where we get spiritual maturity. Because spiritual maturity has nothing to do with how long you've been saved, how long you've been a Christian. Spiritual maturity has everything to do with your decisions and how they line up with the Word of God. Spiritual maturity is when I make decisions, is this what God would have me to do or is this just what I would want to do? Because I've met people who they, you say, yeah, I've been a Christian for 60 years, but still thinking the same way and doing things the same way that they did before they were saved. And I've met people on the opposite side of that that would say, you know what, I just got saved last week and I don't want to lead my life anymore. That doesn't work, so I'm going to do life Jesus' way. And if he says to to give, then I'm going to give. If he says to forgive, I'm going to forgive. If he says to love my wife, I'm going to love my wife. And it feels unnatural, it feels awkward right now, but he said to do it, so I'm going to do it. And that is exhibiting beautiful spiritual maturity. And that's how a person goes from being stuck to being unstuck. So a person starts making progress and moving forward and starting to see true changes in their life. But for many of us, we've been at this place before where we say, okay, I'm going to make the changes. I'm going to make my New Year's resolutions. I'm going to start doing life God's way. And we get into it and then we get really, really frustrated because we think, if, if, if I really, truly believed that this was important, I would stick with it. I keep doing it. And we get mad because other people see when we make a commitment to something and we recognize they're starting to watch to see if we're actually going to follow through with what we said we were going to follow through with. We say, I'm going to start a workout plan. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) No, I'm really, I'm going to make some changes. I'm not going to go back to that sin pattern anymore. I'm going to stay sober. I'm going to to make changes to the way I treat people. And, And people just kind of look back, yeah, we'll see if it's important. You'll stick with it. And I, and I think that's the frustration so many of us have dealt with. Because there's a story in Second Kings that exemplifies this point where um, so many of us can be so frustrated because we don't know, like, how long am I supposed to stick with something? in fact, every time I read this story, I get a little frustrated because you almost feel like King Jehoash is being tricked in 2 Kings when he is about to go into a battle and and he wants to know, what is it that God wants me to do? I'm going to go into this battle with the ram. Am I going to win? Am I going to lose? What am I supposed to do? So he calls the prophet of God, Elisha, and asks him, what should I do? And God puts him to this weird test. It didn't make any sense a lot of times, the things God asks us to do, it doesn't make any sense in our mind, but it teaches us something about ourselves and our trust in him. He asked him to do something really strange. And we see here in 2 Kings 13, um, this is, it says this. Then he said, this is Elisha talking to the king, take the arrows. So apparently, Jehoash the king had arrows. He said, take the arrows, and the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. And he stuck, struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated a ram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. The prophet of God is basically saying you were just being tested because God told you to do something. Now I want to ask you, why did you quit? Now I get so frustrated with this. I'm like, that's not fair. It's not fair at all. He told him to strike the ground. He struck the ground. If he just did it once, wouldn't that be a success? He, he obeyed. He did what he was told to do, right? But my human understanding comes in, in opposition to the fact that the word from God and the man of God had a different viewpoint. And the different viewpoint was if God said to do something, then don't ever stop until he tells you to stop. So if God says strike the ground, even if it doesn't make sense, you should be striking the ground. And I've been here like this before where where it's like, okay, I'm going to try it, God, but this is a little bit strange. It's a little weird. People are looking at me funny. People don't get what I'm doing. Okay, I did what I was supposed to do. I think I'm done now. And and we say, well, God, didn't I do what you told me to do? I did the right thing. And, and, And here the word from God was, why did you stop? Why did you stop? Why did you quit? Has God told you something to do and you did it for a little while, but then why did you quit? And you'd say, you know what, I tried. I tried serving. I did it one time and it just felt awkward to me, so I quit. All right, you know, I-, I went to marriage counseling for a whole week with my wife. And I'm done. like, it-, it was awkward, so-, so I quit. And I wonder how often in life we start to do the right thing. And the word from God comes and we recognize he tells us to be obedient in an area and we want breakthrough and we want to see change and and we do it. But then just because it felt awkward at first, we stop. I think the reason, at least for myself, I've been able to recognize a lot like what Paul's words have said as we've talked the last couple of weeks. is I, I feel like sometimes I recognize every time I try to go by my own strength and my own power and I say I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to be consistent, I don't have it in myself to continue. I'm fickle. I changed my mind. I'm like, it's a good idea today, but then the next day it might not feel like a good idea anymore. I'm committed today. I got my diet plan laid out. I'm ready to rock. I got my running shoes out. I wake up the next day. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. (laughs) I want a cinnamon roll, you know? (laughs) And I sense there's a lot of us in here that in the beginning of a new year, a lot of us in this room, we've we set New Year's resolutions. We said we're going to do things different. We've changed. A lot of us we've already quit those things. But there's a principle here that I want to encourage you with, and that's that Jesus doesn't ask us to be perfect. He he doesn't ask us to have it all together. He doesn't ask us to have every answer. All all he asks us to do is just remain faithful to the truth that we know. So I want to ask you if you would stand to your feet with me because. This is one of those messages that I don't believe you can just go out of here and power through and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be better at this. I'm going to do better at this. I'm going to just get stronger because we see in Zechariah chapter 4, that it's not by might nor by power, but, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. That there are certain things in life you can't just decide on your own. You're going to be tough enough to get through. You're going to have the strength in, your, in yourself. No, we have to have a source, and that source is the Holy Spirit. See, the Bible says that faithfulness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's a comparison in Scripture that Jesus gives us that he is the vine and we are the branches. That if we're attached to him, we will do, any, it will do great works, we'll produce fruit. But if we separate ourselves from him, we won't have anything. You can't pick a stick up off the ground and say, produce fruit. <laughs> you know? No, it's got to be attached. Like if I want a lemon, i got to find a branch that's attached to a lemon tree. And Jesus is saying, you can't get the fruit of the Spirit on your own. You have to be attached to me. It, so the principle here is not to walk away and say, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to force through it. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be faithful. No. No, Jesus says, the principle here is that you just remain in me. That you just lean into me. Every day, consistently. Leaning into me, I'll give you the source. I'll give you the strength. I'll give you what you need. And as you stay consistent in coming to me, then then truth is going to be revealed in you. Freedom is going to be revealed in you. You're going to get stuff broken free from you that you've want broken free for decades. And 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 now it's not because you powered through. It's because you just leaned into me. So what I want to do is ask every person in this room to bow your head and close your eyes. And as a sign of surrender, every person in here that would say, you know what? I need faithfulness in my life. I need God to help me with consistency. I need him to help me with self-control. If that's you, put both your hands up in a receiving position because it's not gonna come from me. It's not gonna come from willpower. It can only come from our heavenly father. So let's talk to him together now. Heavenly father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would see us with our hands up right now asking for your help. We can't be faithful without you. We can't be consistent without you, and we recognize that. So Jesus, we ask you, would you empower us? Would you give us courage? Would you give us strength? God, for the people that you're speaking to right now, telling them there's things that they need to get rid of, addictions, habits, behaviors, that that right now you would encourage them and give them the strength and the courage they need to, to walk away from those things and to lean into you every day consistently on a Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, every day coming back to you. So Jesus, we can't do this on our own. We ask for your help. And we pray that as you help us remain faithful to your teachings, that God, you would also break us free, give us freedom in this room. We ask for freedom now, God, in Jesus' name. We love you. We pray you bless each and every person in this church. Help us, God, to change our city with your love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. I love you guys. Have a wonderful week.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.